0: Ryan Lambert, I was Rudy from the Monster Squad. You're listening to Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. Welcome to the goddamn club. Happy Halloween, ghosts and ghouls, and welcome to Horror Movie Podcast, where we are dead serious about horror movies. This October, in the spirit of Samhain, your horror hosts, Gilman Joel, Dr. Shock, and the Wolfman, will be, we'll be putting aside, aside our regular our review, review for, it for it to, it take to, a to take a nostalgic, nostalgic trip, trip down a path, down a path darkly, darkly, lit darkly lit by that rarest by that of, rarest Halloween, of treats. Halloween treats a, full, a moon. full moon in this episode we bring you horror movie podcast goes
1: trick-or-treating all right guys well this has been a fun halloween season of shows i think it's been something different and i hope listeners have appreciated it. everyone we've heard from has enjoyed it but um you know you never know <laughs> what you're not hearing but it's been fun to just kind of do some nostalgia driven shows and not as many movie reviews of course we will get back into that toward the end of the year and i'm sure we'll have another one of those gargantuan every movie from 2020 that you know we were trying to catch up on a review of at some point but uh this has been great and i did want to remind people that um we are doing a giveaway for this episode and i will do that at the end of the show for those people who participated in our alternate 31 days of Halloween bingo this year. I think that's been a lot of fun and we're going to be giving some special prizes away to those who got blackout, which I didn't announce because I didn't have that many special prizes and I don't want to, I don't want to have to buy more, but I, for those who took the initiative to get a full blackout on their bingo card, there will be getting something a little bit extra uh, just for doing that. And then we will have a drawing amongst everyone else um, for the other prizes. So, look forward to that we also will be having a brief shutter screaming online segment and then we'll just get into this and the one episode we didn't get to and it's my fault uh, you know I'm, i'm sure a lot of you noticed that the podcast was mia for quite a while there um it was because i've just been going through some crazy personal life stuff and i could not get the episodes up and when i wanted to and so that left me one short this month that i had hoped to get out which was I wanted to do a stay up all night episode, just like we did back to the drive in and at the movies. And I wanted to talk about watching movies late night, whether that's squiggle vision or, (laughs) uh, you know, the different uh, horror hosts or whatever it is. You know, I thought that would be a fun thing to talk about. Um, I do really want to do that show in the future, though, because especially because I want to get into Joel's horror host fetish. uh, <laughs> I was <gonna> say knowledge <laughs> but yeah okay <laughs> thank you for uh letting us know but yeah so i do want to do that show eventually so may- i don't know if that's something we could do soon or we'd want to wait till next halloween or-, or what maybe if you have an opinion as a listener if you're like listen get back to the movie reviews let us know but if that's something people would like to hear sooner than later i would love to do a horror host show i'd love to do a uh, show about sleepovers and you know late night tv and all that stuff so that would be a fun one to do but this episode we are going to talk about trick-or-treating and the thinking process behind that was that in the past every year around halloween we've always kind of talked about well what are you guys going to do for halloween this year and halloween plans and this year you know the halloween plans are a little bit muted and since we were doing nostalgia driven shows anyway i thought it would be fun to just talk about the halloweens of our youth and so it doesn't necessarily have to be trick-or-treat related specifically but um i know a lot of my childhood halloween experiences revolve around trick-or-treating and i thought it'd just be a fun thing to spend a little time talking about here on halloween day halloween night so
0: i think that is fantastic and may i just jump in wolfman and say i am so happy that the three of us are here together because it feels like it has been forever That the three of us have been together.
1: Yes, that's funny. Not to me as much because maybe because I edit the shows, so I'm always. (laughs) You're like I
0: hear you guys all the time.
1: That's enough. (laughs) In my heads all the time. Sorry about that. (laughs) That's good. So, I mean, Joel, probably you've spoken the least on this show about your childhood and trick-or-treating and things like that because you know so many of dave and and my stories have been told in the past so i do apologize for our long-time listeners hopefully there'll be some new content from me and dave but uh, you never know but joel (laughs) what is your childhood trick-or-treating experience like or what was your childhood halloween experience like it was very spielbergian
0: honestly all all the way from like
1: five
0: all the way up till about eighth grade. And I, and eighth grade, I think was actually my stopping point, but that's probably my more, my most in-depth story. So I'm going to save that one here for last. But my, one of my earliest memories is I must've been around five, maybe six, but I feel like it was five. And, Somewhere in between there was a Halloween where my mom took us around a neighborhood. I know I had to be around five or six and my parents were still married. And I, to this day can remember going to this old couple's house and they're like, oh, you want to come in? We've we've got this like little fun haunted house thing we've set up. Now with my mom, my sister would have been really young because she's about three years younger than me. So she's probably at home because I don't remember her being with us and I can remember this day going through their home and into their garage and they have like these candles everywhere. I mean, it looks honestly like some kind of satanic horror movie ritual situation. And in the Uh middle of the garage (laughs) is this almost like a, a, a a pile slash um, on a shrine of dolls. I, I mean, seriously, dolls, parts of dolls, pieces of dolls, dolls hanging from nooses. And they're like this, and they looked in my mind, this is how I remember them, they probably were nothing like this, but in my mind, I picture them as like Mr. and Mrs. Claus, like they were real jovial and happy, and but they had this horrific scenario going on in their garage. (laughs) <laughs> so anybody out there? Yeah, you might want to give me static for being scared of dolls. There is like legit childhood trauma reasons why. So that is like one of my earliest Halloween memories. I know I have like pictures and I have vague memories of I did I did a Wolfman one year. My mom like did the the like the, I don't know was it called crepe fur? What you know the, the hair that would yeah. you know you know you'd glue to your skin and it took forever to get off. And so I was that. I was a vampire one year with a top hat. Uh, I, I I have a picture of that somewhere. I think I also <laughs> where were the um. Dave, I feel like you'll remember this, the costumes that I I feel like, what was the name of those costumes that everybody had? They were the plastic masks with the string on the back and you had like the,
2: Oh yeah. Wasn't that like a brand? I had several of those. As a matter of fact, my brother had one and it was funny because it was a clown. Uh, It looked just like Michael Myers from Halloween. And I'm talking, he had this in 1975, that one with the string in the back and the clown in the front Young Michael Myers. Young Michael Myers. And my brother's name is Michael by
0: the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I
2: feel I actually was watching the
0: show comic book, man, not that long ago. And they actually had somebody bringing a Batman one. I can't remember the name, but I'm sure somebody out there in the comments, let us know it was a brand and they made like millions of these different, they were always licensed based on pop culture. And I know I was like a tiger or something one year with that. So I, I ran the gamut, you know, I think I was a ghost one year. I did, did all the cliches and, but fast forward to eighth grade. And so this is going to be The last year that I actually trick-or-treated, but Mm -hmm. it was sort of the perfect way to end it for me. So eighth grade to me is the year I'm probably the most nostalgic for, mainly because seventh grade was such a god-awful nightmare for me with bullying and and everything else that happened in my life. But eighth grade, it was just, I don't know, I I have it in my head is like this nostalgic rose-colored glasses sort of experience. And I went to live with my dad. It's when I first started really getting to renting lots of horror movies and Mainly, because he didn't care. And I remember that Halloween. I went with my friend, uh, his name was Chris, and he was the same age. And we got to go off on our own. and we so we were like wandering around suburbia. We, we we got way, way away from our, you know, where my house, the base of operations was. I mean, I'm talking like a good mile, mile and a half, man. We were way out there. And uh, we wandered off to the mall, which is the Winter Haven mall. I'm ninety nine percent sure that was that I've same been there you have.
1: Yeah, you, they have part of the Florida Film Festival and the movie theater. Oh, there. No, you're thinking of the Winter Park. Oh, that's OK. Sorry.
0: There's lots of Winter Haven, Winter Parks, mainly because everybody comes here for the uh, Winter Refuge. Um, <laughs> so but actually, I used to live near that one, too. But that's a whole other story for another time. <laughs> so we, yeah, Winter Haven Mall, though, they had uh, it was an indoor mall at the time. Now it's an open air type of mall. But. Back then, it was enclosed, and Dr. Paul Bearer, the horror host of my youth, actually because he actually lived in Winter Haven, even though he shot his show in Tampa, and he was there like a Santa Claus with a chair and you could go up and get your picture with him. <laughs> did you sit on his lap? Yes, I did. And I told my kids, honestly, I, told, I think I may have stood next to him because my eighth grade, I was big enough to, you know, I didn't want to hurt the guy. He was older. Uh, and uh, I told my kids, I wish I had that picture. I think they just snapped like a Polaroid, like snapped a Polaroid and handed it to you. And uh, it's my friend and I went, it was just awesome. Cause I remember being just like, "Oh my God, that's Dr. Paul Bearer just being, you know, like starstruck. So, I, I got to meet him and then here's the key that night there was going to be something on HBO and they were supposed to be showing like, at least three different horror movies. This is how I always remembered it. I have talked about this. I know a retro movie geek and again I feel like I've talked about it at some point on HMP maybe 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 not but that was when Evil Dead 2 was going to be on HBO and I'd w- I'd seen the promo for it and I knew of it because I was reading Fangoria by then and, you know, getting horror movies and, and all that kind of stuff. So I knew about it. I was like, I've got to see this movie. And I had it in my head that it was a triple feature of Evil Dead 2, Pumpkinhead, and then something else, but I could never remember what. I am not joking. This is not exaggeration. I don't know what you call this. If it's just like uh, an OCD type thing. I don't know what it is, but I have obsessively and I mean obsessively searched through newspaper archives, all kinds of places trying to find the listing from that night from, and I wasn't, and I was always confused whether it was the October of 89 or 90, but I am now sure it's 89. um, That Evil Dead 2, when did it play and what did it play with? Because I knew it was there because I recorded it and I I wore that tape out. Because once I saw that movie, it was like, you know those movie moments when you're younger and you have where you're just like, this whole new world has been opened up to me and it's so amazing and you just watch something on a loop. That was where I was at that time. So, Evil Dead 2, could never remember what the other ones, I I would have bet money the other one was Pumpkinhead. Cut to, I'm not joking, like... Maybe a month ago, maybe less, maybe three weeks ago. I don't know why it finally occurred. I know. Actually, I take it back. I know exactly why it occurred to me. Allison and her wonderful husband, Drew, Allison, the horror unicorn, who does a tear on the tube with uh, Peter and myself, we were recording And they talked about, we were actually recording a really goofy Susan Lucci. They called it a horror thriller. It was nothing like that called haunted by her past. And the best part about watching that whole movie for terror on the tube was that commercials were still in the movie. So we got to, we talked about the commercials, I think more than we did the movie. And, they made a comment. I believe it was one of them that made the comment about, hey, on YouTube, you know, people put these compilations of commercials together for just for Halloween from like a certain time period and, and they, these themes. I'm thinking, that's a duh. Why haven't I thought to look up that, what I'm thinking of in that space? So okay. I go on YouTube and I just start typing in dates. I'm like, okay, October 31st, 1989, HBO, like almost right out the gate. I find a couple of these 10 minute long promos where somebody had just recorded all those HBO. Anybody, anybody grew, grew up with HBO. You, you'll, as soon as you see these, you will immediately be transported back. It was a little, you know, like next on HBO. And it was like, you know, promos for like feds and this and that, and the other thing. And then all of a sudden I hear this kind of silly sounding, Transylvanian, Bela Lugosi type voice going, you know, this Halloween on HBO, it's ghouls night out. And it is a promo for that exact thing that I know I recorded. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It was just like in that moment when I saw it, it was like the the clouds parted. I was like, that's it. And it it taught me a valuable lesson. And it is this. Do not rely on memory for anything. And do not, you know, the, it, it puts in perspective. Like, I understand that eyewitness testimony has been all but proven to be a bad idea, and it's like the worst kind that you can go by. Like, in my own just personal experience, that is so stinking true because I would have lost lots of money had I made bets. First off, it started with a triple, I don't want to call it a feature, but a triple episode whammy from Tales from the Crypt. Because, you know, 89, it's right when Tales from the Crypt was kicking up. It was gonna be the man who was death. All, and all through the house and dig that cat. He's real gone. All right. That's what it started with. Then Evil Dead 2. Now, I thought Pumpkinhead was next. Uh-uh, no, Pumpkinhead wasn't on at all that night that I know of. Hellraiser 2 was next. All right. Then a movie starring Kelly Preston called Spellbinder, which the only thing I ever saw that movie was the video box. I remember the video box. So... Hmm. It was, but I found it, it was just like seeing that promo and I know it sounds cheesy, but I feel like the, everybody's out there has had that moment where you remember like a snippet from something and you're like, I just want to know exactly when and where, like, am I am I right? I, maybe I, I'm the only one that does that. I don't know. But I just think you want to, it's like a, a time capsule, like a weird capturing a moment from your childhood that you just have these really fond memories of. So um, I found that totally, uh, totally made my day to find that. And I just remember that Halloween, I, I was—I by the way was dressed with a Tor Johnson, you know, the actor slash wrestler from the Edward movies. I had a Tor, oh. I had a Tor Johnson mask.
2: That is awesome. That is wow. incredible. I wish I had a Tor Johnson yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah. In Damn grade, it. And by the way,
0: in eighth grade, how's that for street cred? I had a Tor Johnson mask. In that, eight,
2: I, and, and I am so jealous that you had a Tor Johnson mask. That would have been years. amazing.
0: You know, you know what's really bad, Dave? I had the thing. Honestly, I probably, it finally, I think, deteriorated just maybe five to eight years ago. Like, I had it, like, all the way into my adulthood. I oh, had that thing that. forever. That and, is awesome. Yeah, and I remember I wore like this. I think it was like a my maybe one of my dad's like big T shirts or something. Like I I felt like I was using like a spot smock. I'm guessing the idea of the outfit was that I was supposed to be like an escaped you know lunatic from an asylum or something. I don't know if that was <laughs> <laughs> what I was going for, but I just remember it's just like that one little nugget. You know, there's it's pure nostalgia. It's pure, just warm, fuzzy from just a time when that was the year, like a few weeks before that Halloween. Halloween Five had come out. That was the first Halloween I saw in the movie theater, and Peter and Daryl loved to bust my chops. That, especially with all series of movies, especially horror movies, I always start off with like later sequels and then made my way around to the originals. And, And Halloween was no different. Halloween Four and then Five were the ones I had started with, and then I could be wrong because again at this point i don't trust my memory at all but halloween one and two i believe were on network tv because i know the first time i saw them it was they were edited for tv and i think it was that halloween as well so it's just like all of these pieces that in a weird way kind of helped you lay the foundation for the horror fan that i am today was in that halloween that's the best way to put it
1: that's really cool Joel. Hey, let me ask you this. I'm just curious. I know, obviously, you don't have any, you know, earth shattering stories from trick or treating or else we we probably would have heard them. But what was your trick or treating experience like in Florida? Like what? Besides the the garage from hell? Like, (laughs) were you with your parents? Were you going door to door? Were you in like suburban neighborhoods? Yeah. Like how? What was? What did that look like? Yeah. When I was little, it
0: was obviously with parents. Um, And I was in St. Pete when I was I was born in St. Petersburg. And so it was very, yeah, the neighborhoods were very suburban. Again, my memory is when you see ET and like how the neighborhood they're wandering around, like that's how I visualize my very young (laughs) Halloween experience, you know, trick-or-treating. And then as I got older, it's weird. There's a window there where I just don't remember there being nearly as many trick-or-treaters. Like even that sort of momentous halloween for me the one that i just am so you know glowingly nostalgic for i don't remember a lot of other kids being out now at the mall there might have been because I, I think that was also at the time when that really started to kick up where they would do the mall trick-or-treating i don't know if you guys had that where they would actually you would go from store to store and they would give you. i remember candy.
1: that existing but i don't think that i ever did it maybe like in fifth grade i remember the uh there, at that time, there were c- multiple card collecting stores in the mall, like two or three. Oh wow! <laughs> where you could go buy like baseball cards and basketball <laughs> cards and and stuff like that. So I remember wanting to go to those stores and the uh, what is that? Toy store KB Toys. Oh yeah, KB. Of? Yep, yep, yep. And, and and like wanting to get the whatever their free little thing was. Uh, I I'd probably like fifth or sixth grade. In okay. That area, but. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm aware of that as a concept. Same with trunk or treat. Not anything I would have ever participated in, sure. but like I'm aware that that existed.
0: Yeah, I've taken my kids to both trunk or treat and trick or treating in a mall. I myself never really did it, but I was aware of it, and I think that mo- that one where I met Dr. Paul Berry in the winter Haven mall. I'm pretty sure. Sh- I feel like they had it there at some level. I just remember wandering, seeing a lot of kids wandering around and whatnot, but on the streets like that, that Halloween, especially because obviously Florida being Florida, it's very hit and miss what the weather will be like. To me, I'm always like fingers crossed that it will at least be in the low 70s when Halloween hits. Like, I'm like, please have like a breeze and like just the beginnings of something that feels like fall. Please just pretend. Right. Pretend with me, Florida. But I was, we'll see how this one goes. And every once in a while it happens. Like, I think and I would love to go back out and see what the actual weather was on October 31st, 1989 when I did that trick-or-treating and yes those that are listening that are retro movie geek fans every time I say 1989 I am having to restrain myself uh because you know this show is different I won't do the (laughs) 1989 number another summer get down to the sound of the funky drama see it's funnier because then Daryl groans that's that's what's missing oh Oh, there it is thank you Dave thank you that makes me feel better no no but no, I love that I I
2: love that song and I love that movie so
0: Uh, uh, there you go uh and so um but that, that particular Halloween, and again, this could be the nostalgia goggles talking, I feel like it was crisper. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I remember it. And it was very crisper windy and i just remember us specifically going through one neighborhood that was a little farther away from where my uh my dad's house was and actually there was a major well, major being a very relative term in winter haven florida but but the uh there is a cypress gardens boulevard because it leads out to cypress gardens which is like the first amusement park that was in florida from back in the 30s or whatever and we we actually had to cross that because there was a across that was like a little strip mall with a public school grocery store and some other stuff in it so we went behind that strip mall and there was again another neighborhood but it was one that i hadn't really gone into too much and it was like there was like a really as far as florida goes it's typically flat but this had like a little kind of slope as i remember to some of the driveways and i remember we had to walk down this one really kind of long winding driveway it was a nicer house but it was completely dark and there was a pretty bright moon because i remember there was no and again Adding the caveat, I don't trust my memory at this point, but this is how I see it in my head. And there was it was moonlit, and you could see like one jack o' lantern glowing. And they had their radio on, and it was you know it's playing the it was just over and over again. And I I'm like 14. I know I'd least seen five at that and four and five at that point. And I'm like uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, nope. Because you could tell it was one of those where there was obviously Uh a chair sitting there, and there was a shape in the chair, and you didn't know if it was just like a stuffed dummy situation or more than likely a 16 year old with nothing better to do oh yeah <laughs> one of those kind of moments so yeah. my friend and i were like i was like nah so i i had nothing to prove i was like nah i'm out <laughs> i'm not going down there i've seen too many horror movies not doing it so uh but it was like that like that, my 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 trick or treating experience was never like there was nothing really other than the you know dollhouse from hell there was no real like anything traumatic and it was very <laughs> almost like cliche, like almost Rock Norman Rockwellian. Like it just had that vibe. Except that, as again, as I got older and I really noticed it as my later teen years, even though I wasn't trick or treating, it seemed like it when I would be the one giving out the candy, like it always seemed like in our neighborhood that there was very few trick or treaters. I remember being so sad about that. Like it really depressed me. Yeah. So, what about you? What was your general trick or treating experience? Who me? Yeah, you. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I don't know. My my whole childhood seemed like it revolved around. It, I don't know if you guys have heard the Jerry Seinfeld bit about trick or treating. He talks about those Ben Cooper masks they were talking about. Ben with Cooper, like that's it.
0: Yes, thank you. That's the yeah. word. I, that's the
1: name I was looking for. Sorry. Yes. All right. Yeah. He talks about those masks. how you could barely breathe through them, and you're just like. <laughs> Like and he talks about his his best line is he talking about the first time he heard about Halloween he's like now what's going on everyone we knows just giving away candy you know and he's this is whole he's like his whole childhood was just focused on get the candy 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 candy." and that's kind of like what my (laughs) Halloween experience was was um it was very different the different places I lived because I lived in kind of like wildly different locations but um just to highlight two of them two that were very different was when we lived in kind of the city in san diego and there were like no kids anywhere and my mom would like drive me down these like City streets, and then just like wait in the car, and I'd like get out and do a house. <laughs> and then she'd like get back in the car, and we'd just drive around until we found another like freestanding house, <laughs> like, <laughs> like the least romantic version of Halloween <laughs> of all time. Um, and then later, I there was a time period I lived in Idaho and I lived in this amazing like community that was on a hill, it was called Cedar Hills. And it was condos, but it didn't feel like what people think of as condos now. And the road wound up around this little mountain, and the houses were all there, and it, the whole place was just th- filled with kids. I mean, there were hundreds of kids like walking down the streets and we'd just go house to house, to house, to house. And, you know, everyone knew where like the big candy bar houses were, we would change our clothes and go back and try to like trick them into thinking it wasn't us and get, you know, the full size candy bars. And I mean, it was just, um, idyllic, in in that way you know it was like the kind of place where like one house would leave a bowl of candy out because they weren't home and you had to like get there before someone else did or also would be completely emptied by the first person who found that house you know they just dumped the whole bowl into into their bag and there was a lot of that kind of stuff i did have one of those ben cooper costumes it was i don't know if it was ben cooper brand but it was gizmo is the one i remember um having where it's just like plastic your whole body is just sweating and like gross plastic that's sticking to you your face is stuck to this like hard plastic thing it's cutting into your face the rubber bands breaking um great experience (laughs) mostly as a kid i was a werewolf i am a very like i like to try new things i'm I'm very brave in in terms of trying new things i'm not scared to try new things but i'm also kind of a creature of comfort when i find something i like i kind of just double down on it so I was a werewolf like most of my childhood, just because I loved werewolves so much. That is shocking Um,
0: to learn, (laughs) Wolfman.
1: I know, right? Uh, There was one year that's like famous in my family that I was a vampire because I actually tried to shave a widow's peak into my hair without telling anyone with a straight (laughs) razor. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that so that one's like stuck around in family lore for many years. Um, I was the Joker. I remember in fifth grade was I think it was around that time when the Batman movie came out, the Tim Burton Batman yep. movie. And whatever year that came out, I was the Joker that um, year.
0: I, I would say it, but then I'd have to uh, drop, drop, oh, drop,
1: I, drop I into see. a public enemy moment. <laughs> well, it wasn't, well, if it was 89, then that it was, it wouldn't have been when I was in fifth grade, but whatever year I was obsessed with Batman, um, I was the Joker. And it was just, it was one of those situations where I didn't have a costume. And then, my, my mom had like a purple blazer and I was like, all right, fine. I'm wearing your purple blazer <laughs> like, <laughs> turned it into a Joker costume. Um, that, that was fun. I, I think I've told this story before on the show, but one year I was, when I was obsessed with star Wars around the time return of the Jedi came out, my mom made me like a really nice Ewok costume. You know, they have those um, patterns. You'd go to like a fabric store and like, uh, that have patterns for different clothes or costumes and i would I, you know my mom would be like looking through patterns i feel like that was like a huge part of my childhood just like waiting for my mom to look through patterns at the fabric store but i remember flipping through that looking at all the halloween costumes like, well, i want you to make me this and this and this and this and she never had time or interest in like making any of those for me but the one year she finally did was the ewok costume and she made this amazing ewok costume the body was just pretty plain it was just fur um but it had a separate headpiece and the head looked like an Ewok. Like it had like the button nose, eye holes, ears, the whole nine, it looked amazing. Like I felt like as a kid and you know, looking back who knows how good it looked, but my memory of it was I looked like a character from Return of the Jedi. Like I I was so convinced by my look. And so she drops me off at my aunt's house and I'm gonna go trick or treating with, with all my cousins. And I'm so proud of my costume. And my aunt says, "You you can't see out of those eye holes. You're, you'll you'll fall. You'll trip. You'll fall. Take that head off." So she made me leave the head at her house. Boo, boo. So I had just a, like a one sheet furry little body costume <laughs> <laughs> with just a regular kid head sticking out of it. <laughs> so that was very embarrassing as a child. Like I think that's where my That was my first experience with like internalizing shame was just going door to door ringing doorbells and all the other kids like oh what a cute pirate what a (laughs) cute ghost and then just like staring at me this little hairy little boy
0: (laughs) i'm naked uncle dave
1: (laughs) (laughs) embarrassing wow there was a time period it was like fourth fifth and sixth grade was when i lived in idaho and that was like just a magical time i mean that was like the et years it felt exactly like what you were describing And we would go on journeys when I got older, like, like sixth grade, it was like, we would walk like two miles to different neighborhoods and we would trick or treat all night from like, you know, from one before it was dark till two in the morning where people were like, had already turned off all their lights that come to the door. Like, what are you kids doing? Here? <laughs> you know, we made an evening of it and it was get the candy, get the candy, get the candy. Get... And then we would go and we would sleep over at one friend's house. And then that was, that's when the real fun started. Cause that's when mm-hmm. we would turn on the movies and divvy up the candy. Cause then what you do is you separate it all on the floor and you put it into little piles of, you know, I got this many Snickers bars and this many Tootsie rolls or whatever the thing is. And then, is the trading and that the trading of the candy was really for me, like the most important element of the, get the candy because you, I might have all of these, what were those like little zebra, um, fruity tootsie rolls? Oh yeah. <laughs> little fruity tootsie rolls of zebras. Like, oh, yeah, Kids hated those, but I loved those. And so that was, that was my secret weapon, because I could trade anything and just get tons of those, because people just wanted to get rid of them, you know? And so anyway, that was my favorite time, was like, you know, being back at my friend's house at two in the morning, watching a horror movie and trading our, our candy and trying to get the best version of what your trick-or-treat heist would be. But yeah, my last year was eighth grade also, and that was a very embarrassing year. I like, I remember we went as a big group. I think I told you this before on the show because I remember, I, I just have a memory again, coming back to the shame of Joel laughing at me about this, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember going um, 902 and was very popular. Oh, that time yeah, a- I remember this now. <laughs> and there was this girl I really liked a lot. And she had a boyfriend, by the way, <laughs> but she said she invited me to go with their group. And she's like, "We're all dressing up like characters from Naruto. Oh. You're the only one in eighth grade who has sideburns, <laughs> 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 can grow sideburns." And I definitely like had a little Luke Perry sideburn thing going on in <laughs> eighth grade. I, like, I thought that looked cool. And. Um, and so they invited me. So I went with this group of kids who, you know, in eighth grade, you feel like a kid still, but to the outside world, you look like you could be 20 years old, <laughs> or at least some, some kids do. And I was one of those kids. And many of the kids in my group of kids were, cause they were like all kids that were the popular kids on like the football team and stuff. So they're all like the big kids. And I was walking around in a wetsuit with a surfboard and my Luke Perry sideburns. <laughs> Going to door to door in like the super rich neighborhoods where all these kids were from, <laughs> and every house we went to just being like, "Ew, you guys suck! Like <laughs> you shouldn't be out here!" <laughs> like, "Boo, <laughs> You no, know, like horrible. every parent who opened the door was just in utter disgust that we were trick or treating.
0: Oh, wow. I would to just interject real quick because I
1: I have adults
0: in in my life who when I was a kid, I remember if a teenager came to the door, they would get so upset with them. And I remember thinking, especially at the teenager, we at least made the effort of a costume. I mean, I get it. With yeah. some 17 year old rolls up on your house and they're just wearing like jeans and a, you know, a, a shirt, <laughs> they're like, yeah. gimme. I, I get that that's annoying. But you know, if a kid, if it's kid's 15, 16, and they're 17, and they want to dress up, and they want to, I don't know, I, I feel like there's something charming in that, And they, but yeah. I, I just remember adults, like, I would be sitting there, like, going through my candy,
1: and just them getting angry about it. I'm thinking, yeah. really? Okay. and and my my view is anyone in a costume gets candy absolutely anybody who's wants to dress up you're you're in it for the right reasons you're in you're wearing the halloween costume 100 with you right what i don't yeah i I definitely there was a time period and i think i've actually grown through it but i was a time period where i was that grumpy (laughs) like if i'd open the door and there's like four teenage boys in regular clothes wearing scream masks like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you're not even trying. No. You're not even trying. No. You already all own this. <laughs> like it's not. You're. Who knows why? And you're creepy anyway. But uh, um, uh, you
2: know. my 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 father was was that way. I mean, he he and I never understood it. Him and I would always sort of be at odds with that. It's like you know, just give him the damn candy. Really. <laughs> but with teenagers, one one year these these teenagers and this is like I was I was a, a teenager myself at the time. I had stopped trick or treating at this point. These teens come to the door. My father opens it, and already he's like, ugh. But he gives them each a piece of candy. One of the kids says, is that all? (laughs) So my father, father, being the way he was, reaches into the kid's bag, grabs a handful of his candy, and goes, that's all, and shuts the door.
1: (laughs) That's awesome! When I was um, when I was in my grumpy phase, this was like right after I got married, so it was like the first time you're like really out on your own. It's your money, like you know what I mean. Like I think that probably played a role in it too. I'm like I'm not spending my mom's candy money at this point. Um, I remember, yeah, I was, if like that, a kid came to the door, I would always be because like, I always loved the adults that would be like, "You guys can have two. Like, really, two? Oh, he are the best. And so I I was was that person, like, go ahead, have another one another way, because especially if somebody like really likes someone's costume. But whenever there's the kid that's like, "How many can I have?" Like zero. <laughs> and that was, the, that was the time period where it was just something definitely going on subconsciously in the underneath in those years that I was angry at certain trick or treaters, <laughs> the audacity.
0: I have to ask this question because you earlier brought up, Josh, the idea of going through the candy and sorting through it and trading. And I remember doing all that. But I am my age is, you know, Dave's got a a year or two on me. You're a few years under me. But I feel like we're all in the range that I got to believe this affected all of us because I remember my parents, my mom in particular, but my parents, aunts, people like that, my maybe even uncle or two making a very big deal about checking every
2: staking piece of candy to make sure, sure it yes. had been tampered with. Uh- I remember, I remember my father doing that one year, and me losing all of my good pieces of candy. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, he had so he had yeah. an agenda. I remember, you know,
0: looking back on it, maybe my parents did have an agenda as well. As <laughs> well. Oh, yeah. but yeah, They weren't looking for razor blades. Yeah. They
2: were looking for Snickers, and they were looking for, like, 100 grand bars. That's I what ca- they were looking I for. I can remember my mom. I
0: think it was my mom. I know I actually remember being in school, and we would get... I went to, at that time, it was at a uh, Lutheran private school, and I remember it was a Grace Lutheran, and we would
1: get those was it weekly reader right where you get the weekly little newspaper thing oh my you, gosh you know, you know how you talked about the ad cracking a part of your brain open yeah that's just what happened when you said weekly reader Yeah, oh, my yeah. brain just went <laughs> 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 I, I, I forgot that part of my brain exists <laughs> right yeah. right but you remember those like i'm, I'm doing mushrooms it, on it, <laughs> But I remember, I
0: remember it was, I think it was a weekly reader because they would have like, you know, news stories and things. And I'm telling you, I think it was in one of those, they actually had some little article about being careful in the Halloween season because about, it was something about like LSD (laughs) being put on something or other, like these little, those little uh, ones you'd lick off the, off the paper or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The only I, I remember that era. I think I was a couple of years younger than you. Cause all the stuff you guys talk about with AIDS and, and all the stuff like I, it was definitely like in my world, but I don't, but I wasn't like engaging with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right, like, sure. The one, right. The one sure. Big fear of my childhood. I remember was being kidnapped at the mall. That was always like, whenever we were at the mall and I'd be with my cousin, we we're like, okay, we're probably going to get kidnapped. So <laughs> let's like, have a plan, have have these, a plan. Like, contingency for when we do get kidnapped. Uh, but. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, with candy, the one thing, the rule that we had was we couldn't have anything that wasn't store-bought. So sure. it was so sad because it's in that neighborhood that I was talking about, you'd have these older women who would make these amazing, like, carameled apples and, like, carameled popcorn and, yeah. like, oh, yeah. popcorn balls and, balls. Like, Yeah, and I'd get home with them and my mom would just throw it all in the garbage and I would just be <laughs> like, no! And so finally, like, again, like in sixth grade, when we were really getting daring, we're like, all right, here's the deal. We're going to eat all the popcorn balls before we go home. (laughs)
0: That's great. (laughs) And the best part about it, if you even think for a second, look, I I am not saying that there is a theoretical possibility that somebody in a neighborhood in some town somewhere couldn't have done something. And and I actually think there has been, what was it? There was a... um, was that urban legends documentary? There was a documentary, I think where they actually went into where they think that story originated because there was actually mm-hmm. a situation, but I think the guy actually did it to his own kids is what it ended up. Ha- it was really, yeah. a, it was a jacked up story, but that became this urban legend that of course there are people doing it to everybody's candy. And I just always find it fascinating because like your story about, okay, you go through these neighborhoods and okay, there's like say a mile radius that you covered realistically right. on Halloween night. It would have been relatively easy <laughs> <laughs> track down,
1: track down the kid? apple with the all the razor, razor blades. blades in it yeah
0: i'm pretty sure because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it would have probably been more than one because i'm just thinking the kind of sadist that would do such a thing probably more than one mm-hmm. thus multiple kids so It would be pretty easy to determine okay these four kids went to the same house in this same basic right. area let's figure this out i just i so the chances of it happening are like
2: nil I never, I never had a single razor blade or anything in any candy I ever had, Nobody, ever. No, you're right. no, no one ever did. Right, that exactly. you know about. But I will say, yeah, because their tongues all
1: cut up. How are they going to talk about it?
0: Exactly. There you go. Good point. But it
1: did did add something, though, right? Like I, to me, that was like when I look back on Halloween, that was part of the charm. It is. There's this fear as a child of the world, and Halloween's the perfect time where you're out in it. Yes, you are wearing the costume. You're a monster, but you're also in the night, and you're kind of scared. You've got this power of wearing a mask. And I, you know, I was listening to Rick Baker talk about the first time he ever did a makeup he just had some black like soot stuff that he found and he just wiped it on, on his face and all of a sudden he just felt like he could do things that rick couldn't do like little ricky couldn't do like he felt powerful <laughs> all of a sudden which is terrifying yeah it is. It is. but there is something about that as a little kid where you're out there in your costume and you feel like superman or you feel like whoever the, you know like you're dressed up as and i don't know all of that stuff to me adds to the charm and magic of why I love Halloween so
0: much. Well, and to drive home that point about the mask thing, and then I definitely want to, uh, us to get to Dave's stories as well. This right. is not a kid thing. It's an adult thing. But I remember, I think it was right before my kids were born. I remember being at my my older cousin, the one who introduced me to a lot of the horror movies and things. He was a few years older than me. He was dressed as Frankenstein's monster. I was Jason Voorhees. And I went over there because he had a couple young kids. And I got to be the guy who hid in the bushes and I was bald at this point, so perfect. It was a perfect fit the the costume. And I would just kind of just come out and do that purposeful walk at people as they, you know, would pull up to drop their kids off. And it was, I'm just gonna be honest. It was empowering. There is this weird, like, thing Yikes. that happens when you're freaking people out. And you're wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. And, and and obviously in the world we live right now, everybody's wearing a mask. But I'll even say like just the mask that we wear now because the COVID situation, I find that when it's on, especially if I'm wearing sunglasses, there's a sense of like, I don't feel as self-conscious maybe or I'm just as <clears throat> like, I don't care. I don't have to make eye contact with anybody. I'm like, you know, whatever. And I mean, they don't know if I'm smiling at them or not
1: and yeah can i say two things about that i worked at a haunted house during high school which i've talked about several times and um that i definitely noticed that like there were people who got off on scaring people you know who worked there i, pro- I mean that's probably why a lot of people didn't work there but that was definitely a percentage like at least you know i would say i'm making this up but like 25 percent of the people were really there because they loved terrifying other people <laughs> in this mess but then you know you'd say like that's really scary behavior but then they would take the mask off and outside of that context, they were normal people. Yeah. So I, I think there's something about excising that a little bit, you know, you're in, right. in a safe way. It yes. doesn't hurt anyone. Yes. And it's, they have agreed to participate in this activity, right? It's consensual. I,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, I <laughs> feel like for myself, I am a, the kind of person I hate confrontation i am i'm always i always am just trying to be nice and kind to people but yeah when i put on that mask I, one year i still I think in high school this is later years in high school my friend uh, jason and i I remember, I I can't remember the character he was dressed as, but I was Leatherface and I had like this Leatherface type mask. I had the apron. I had a, you know, a a chainsaw the whole night and I would just hide and just bolt out. And there was something, it was a rush that you would get when you do that. And I will say this when I was Jason Voorhees. I remember specifically this truck pulled up and in the you know, this truck was going really slow around the neighborhood and all the, you know, these kids were in the bed of the truck and this mother jumped out and these all these little kids jumped out and this one little kid, he had to be like six or seven and he was a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger and I just walked up, I've got a machete and I just walk up and I just... Like look down at him, and that kid looks up at me, and I'm not kidding. You know that thing where you kind of like you bow up at somebody and you like throw your chest out, and you kind of like <laughs> like what, like what? Yeah. That little kid straight up did that to me. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't care at all. But then I'm pretty sure it was his mom. I don't know that she saw me, but she must have turned, and all I hear is this grown woman, she was like holy, <laughs> f- and then she screamed and like bolted. <laughs> <laughs> and I, did, I didn't do anything. I just walked to the edge of the driveway and I felt
1: oddly satisfied by that moment. <laughs> that is amazing. So the one other thing I want to say really quick is the COVID mask thing. Like, I don't know why, I mean, you probably give this to Joel, you're a bigger guy, but like, uh, when people see me out in the wild, like people are intimidated by me. That was just, uh, let me just put it out there. I don't know why I, you know, it's, I have a beard, I have long hair, I'm dark skin, like the bigger, I mean, they're, they're, there are reasons, but for whatever, whatever the reason is, the way I'm uh, perceived is not necessarily the way I'm like going about my internal life, right? <laughs> but it teaches you things that when I'm walking on the sidewalk at night, if there's a woman who's in front of me, I cross the street so that she doesn't think I'm following her. If I'm if I'm walking uh, and towards someone at night, I cross the street so that they don't feel uncomfortable, and it creates like this weird internal shame a little bit where you're like, I know everyone's scared of me, so I'm just gonna like try to correct the situation you know for them but um the mask thing is weird because the one defense i have is my smile because i, I have a friendly face i think when i do smile and so it's like the one thing i can use to like break through if someone's like i surprise someone around the corner and they're like uh oh. i'm like oh hey how's it going and but the mask thing now i'm just an automaton staring at them you know and yeah. i think people are even more scared of me. and so like i've been going out on walks every night because i'm just trying to like exercise a little bit and you know as my job is so um sedentary and you know with the quarantine and everything i'm like i just need to move every day so i'm just trying to get outside and like walk and so i'm finding myself walking later at night and it's been interesting <laughs> like <laughs> this feeling of like because you don't think anything you know i'm like walking through this parking lot and there's some people in their car talking in their par- at, like outside the car in the parking lot. And I'm just walking like I'm, I, my only intention is just to walk by them and keep walking. But I am a solo person walking toward them at night through <laughs> a parking lot with a mask on well, and, to be like, fair
0: to be fair, let's just be full disclosure for the audience. you were wearing that zodiac sack on your head.
1: Yeah, I mean it's okay. Uh,
0: okay, I, I mean, mean full like disclosure about
1: <laughs> what you were wearing.
0: I mean, if we're being yeah. honest,
1: It's weird, and I don't know that it's it's not something I enjoy, and it's not, but it, and it's not the power thing, but there is something weird that happens when you put a mask on. Anyway, mm-hmm. That's that's all I want. Do see. you find
0: I, I, that's an interesting point? Because you like you're, you brought up your smile thing. Because I. I obviously don't have the situation that you're talking about, but being a bigger person, like, yeah, if it's died out and not that I'm wandering around my neighborhood at night, you know, but if there was a woman walker or something, yeah, I would do the same thing. Like I, I, cause I don't want there to be any misconstruing of you know, me walking by, but I've right. always just the kind of person that when I see somebody and I don't know if it's being Southern, If it's, I worked at Publix for like eight years and their it's a supermarket in the Southeast and their big thing is customer service. So even the people that work in like the corporate office. Everybody's like, Hey, how are you? And it's very smiley and friendly. And so I, I've sort yeah. of conditioned to be that way, no matter who it is, like everybody I see, I do that too. So with the mask on, cause I am so used to doing it. It really, like I said, what I have to have the sunglasses on too, for it to really be effective for me to where I feel like I don't have to make eye contact, but, and, I, and by the way, this was a big problem when I was in New York City. <laughs> as, as, as Gerald informed me, stop doing that because that's why people keep bothering you. <laughs> you're, everybody we walk by, hi, hi. And like, of course, then immediately they start offering you. You're like, oh no, I don't want that. Um, but with the mask, like I over exaggerate my eye smile. <laughs> <laughs> like if i'm talking i would like if i'm engaging with somebody like i am like i am like so like intentionally like making the crow's feet as deep as i can trying to you know really make sure that like they understand i'm either that i'm smiling or i'm baring my teeth at them either way uh I, I don't know do you do that do you like take over smile with your eyes do you find yourself doing that
1: yeah. Well, and then and then I might have in a situation where I'm, like, oh, I'm wearing sunglasses anyway. So now I'm mean, just like weirdly <laughs> nodding <in> my head.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. All right. So Dave, yeah, you haven't had a chance to uh, regale us with your trick or treat stories.
2: All right. Well, I am going back, ladies and gentlemen, to the wonderful decade of the 1970s for all of my stories, and I'm going to start in the in the year of 1975. All right, this was the year, obviously, of Jaws. This was the year that Jaws was, and I, I don't know if I told this on the podcast before or not. This was the year that Jaws was the big movie, 1975. So October of 1975, for some reason, every year, my mother would take me to my uncle's house. As I'm in my uncle's house, this this group of kids comes up, comes up to the door, and one of them is wearing a Jaws costume. Now I'm talking, this thing is like the poster of Jaws. The Jaws (laughs) looking up. I was thinking that. This kid is walking up there now. And what you would do is there was a little slot in the front for where the mouth was. You would put the candy in. But the problem was his hands were completely inside. I mean, this thing was just a big cardboard Jaws. This kid was just, was just two legs walking around with a big Jaws costume. I remember my uncle being really impressed with this costume and we're out, he, we, we end up outside on his front lawn and he's talking to a neighbor. This neighbor comes over and he's talking like, wow, that costume's amazing. Look at that thing. That's like exactly from the, like the jaws. It's amazing. They're talking about it. As they're talking, this poor kid is walking across the street and he's got two of his, um, I guess, I don't know if they're brother and sister. I don't know who it was either relatives or friends walking with him. He trips on the curb And he's laying on the ground. So there is this big Jaws costume with these legs flailing around in the ground. This kid can't get up because his hands are inside the costume. (laughs) My uncle has to run across the street. He's cracking up. My uncle can't stop laughing at this poor kid laying on there. But he runs across the street to help the kid up so the kid can continue on his way. But I remember that. So it had to be 1975. All right. All right, let's jump ahead a couple of years later. I'm going to say it's 77, because that was the year we moved into our um, uh, house in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. And what it was is this was old farmland. Okay, so there were only about eight families in this area of probably like, you know, 20 acres or 30 acres of land that were going to eventually be this big community. But we were one of the first ones that moved into this area. Sometime in either October or September of 1977, a local prison, uh, I don't know if it was Greaterford or the one in Eagleville, there were two prisons in our area. Two convicts escaped and they were considered dangerous. So for the whole month of October, these convicts were on the loose and we didn't know exactly where they were. Nobody knew exactly where they were. And I remember when we went out for Halloween that year, there was sort of this whole thing of, geez, these convicts, they could be in the area. Um, so my, my, my father went around with us, so we just went to certain areas. But I mean, to be honest with you, the problem was is that in, in the area where I was living in, there were only about eight families living there. Now, there are probably several hundred families. But at the time, because they were still building this community... There were only eight of us there. Well, there was one day where we visited a neighbor, like one of the few neighbors we had, and we were, this is before Halloween, but we were putting together, we were doing some, some sort of craft related to Halloween. I don't know if we were carving pumpkins or we were doing some sort of arts and craft related to Halloween, whatever it was. When we were done, we're heading back home and I'm saying, you know, like I said, these houses were so spaced apart, where the actual families lived at the time. They were so spaced apart. Um, it's probably a good three to four hundred yards between where we were and our house. And we're walking through, you know along the uh, this open, you know grassy area, and off to the left was the woods. As we're walking, we got fifty feet in, and we saw a police helicopter hovering over these wooded areas with a spotlight they were looking for these two escaped criminals my mother my brother and myself we were the only three you know my my father was at work and and it was just the three of us we took off running because we knew that with that helicopter there these criminals were going to be in this area we took off running like crazy and God, I wish I had. I had a whole scrapbook that I kept of of news articles of these two escapees right up to the time they were caught. They were in, ended up caught in a uh, in a mall parking lot, uh, is where they were eventually caught. But I had this whole scrapbook that I kept of every news article about these two criminals. Christ, I wish I still had it. That was the Halloween in nineteen seventy seven. Okay, we flash forward to the Halloween in nineteen seventy eight. Now my birthday is in October, so for Halloween that year. My parents, along with our neighbors, put together a haunted house for all of my guests for my birthday party. And we had my birthday party a little closer to Halloween in 1978, I want to say. In our basement of our house, they put together this haunted house, and... I remember I was the first one to go through because I was the birthday boy. So I got the, the experience at first. My father took me down into the basement and he went through the whole spiel that he was taking me down there. He wasn't sure what we were going to see, you know, and and as he got me down there. Our neighbor jumped out and now I know he was Leatherface because he was wearing a mask and he had a chainsaw. Now, in 1978, I didn't realize that I hadn't actually seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre at that point. But he was leather faced. My father pushes me onto a couch and they have this little battle, you know, between my neighbor and him. And while this is going on, my neighbor's wife was behind the couch. She had her hand in a bowl of ice. And each each one of the kids that came in, and like I said, I was the first one to experience this. She would reach around and grab them with her cold hands around the neck. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, it was so cool because once I was the first one to go through, then I got to sit, I like, I like sort of went off into a corner in the dark corner of this basement and I got to watch all of my friends go through and experience this whole thing that my, my father and my neighbors had put together. It was really awesome. I mean, I, I want to say it was 1978. I think it was 1978 that this all went down. Because then we jump forward to 1979. I was so impressed by the haunted house that my father and my brother had put together. That I decided, my brother and I decided we were going to do a haunted house of our own. All right. And we put this whole thing together in the same basement. We had, uh, we had this rubber bat that we had hung from a fish hook um, in the basement. And, you know, bottom line was our haunted house probably sucked. You know, compared to what my father and our neighbors had put together, but we wanted to put this thing together. Um, so okay, now we 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 do this haunted house. We have our friends come in. We experience this, you know, all of this uh, this horror that's going on. That you know, quote unquote horror. This has now become family lore. My father tells this story every couple years to whoever is willing to listen. We had we took down the haunted house when it was done but we didn't completely take it down. What we had done is my father had this um, uh, tackle box of fishing hooks and we hung the bat, the, 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 rubber bat from this one fishing hook. And it was a deep sea hook, you know, for like catching bluefish and whatever that my father had had. We took the bat down, but we didn't take the hook down. So one morning as we're approaching Halloween in October, My father uh, goes to get a shower. He realizes that the hot water isn't working, so he's got to go down and reset the hot water heater. So he goes into the basement, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, this is a true story. My father will swear to this. I remember it. This actually happened. As my father goes into the basement to reset the water heater, he feels something touch his mouth. And he, like, sort of says, what is that? And he, like, twists away. He got a fish hook through his lip. Oh. Whoa. And it was stuck. Like, it was jammed in there. We had nailed it. We had gotten, like, the ladder in the basement. We had nailed it to the beam he couldn't reach it he couldn't get off of this hook it is through his lip like a fish this hook I remember he was told the story that the dog our dog at the time was down in the basement looking at him and he's trying to make it like lassie like go get help go let everybody know because he couldn't reach the hook he couldn't pull it off and it stuck through his lip there's nothing he could do he was stuck there of course the dog just stood there with his tail wagging just looking at him it didn't you know it wasn't actually lassie he couldn't do anything for him. <laughs>
0: Um, Real quick, Dave. While he yeah. was there with the hook in his flesh, did uh, Pinhead emerge and just say, "We have such sights to show you"?
2: I wish that happened. No, that would have been awesome. I wish that happened, but that's not what happened. Okay, just checking. What happened was my father was stuck down there for a good ten minutes before my mother said, "Huh." <laughs> <laughs> where the where, where the hell is he? Uh, you know the the water's running in the shower. Where the hell is he? So my mother goes down. She sees the dog looking at my father. She sees my father with a hook through his mouth. She had to go across the street to get a neighbor to come over and cut the hook and sand it down so that they could pull it out of his lip. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, my brother and I, well, we're in a world of trouble. Okay, we're 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 going to hear about this now for. Uh, for quite some time and we're sitting in my brother's room and my father comes upstairs. we like, okay, well, we've just, okay, we've got to deal with this. We've got to, you know, we've got to hear what he's going to say to us. We just got to sort of suffer through it. And my father um, reading us the riot act about leaving the hook hanging from the, uh, from the beam. And I remember saying at the time, geez, I'm glad it didn't hit you in the eye, you know, a little move that could have caught you in the eye at the time. My father's like, yes, it could have. And now your mother has to take me to the hospital so that I can get stitches in my lip. And my brother, being my brother, looks at my father and goes, what? So no breakfast? <laughs> that, that's the part of it that's become family lore. My brother more worried about the breakfast than, uh, than my, the fact that my father had a hook through his lip. I feel like I could hear one um, of my
0: kids saying that to me, if that was my yeah,
2: right. <laughs> My, my brother's actual quote was, so what? Mom's not going to make us breakfast. You know, we just got to take him to the hospital. Um, when it comes to Halloween, though, uh, you know, I remember going through my neighborhood and it, it seemed like my neighborhood was always very crowded because there were always a ton of kids in my neighborhood. Um, and I love that. I love that sort of community feeling. Halloween was always great because you'd go out and you'd feel this community with with kids from your class and just neighbors and, and everything that that um, sometimes you'd walk around with your, w- you know, with friends. Sometimes it was just my father taking my brother and I around, but there was always this sort of communal feeling because there were tons of kids in the area. But one thing that always got me annoyed was no matter what I was wearing, and I went as like the members of KISS. I loved KISS at the time, the band KISS. Um, my brother would go as one, I'd go as the other. One year I was Paul Stanley. One year I was Gene Simmons and Ace Frehley. And and I think it, it it lasted for like three years. Yeah, for... Um, that we would just alternate as to who we would go out. And my mother would help us with the makeup and getting it together. And we would go out as, as, you know, as members of KISS. But even when I had those costumes with like the strings around them, I'd be walking down the street and my friends would come walking the other way and go, and they'd say, Hey, Beagley. Hey, you know, that was my nickname in, uh, in grade school. There was a, an old Hanna Barbera cartoon called "The Great Grape Ape," which oh, yeah. nobody remembers. I remember. Oh, do you it. remember I Do oh, you remember it? Cool. The Great Grape Ape. That's the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, because that was that. That cartoon was from the 1970s, and it was about a 40-foot ape who who had adventures with his friend, who was like a regular-sized dog, and the dog was a beagle. So the the Great Grape Ape called him Beagley. Well, and sometime in 1977, I was new in the area, I had just started at this school, and one of the kids who, you know, said, hey, your name kind of sounds like Beagley. So that was my nickname through grade school, Beagley. <laughs> but I'd be walking down the street, it didn't matter what costume I had on, kids would always walk by and go, hey, Beagley, hey, Beagley. I'm like, damn it, how the <laughs> hell do you know who I am? But they always knew for some reason. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I probably stopped probably around the time you guys did, right around eighth grade. Yeah, I stopped going out, and then I became the one who handed out the candy uh, around the house. So those, anyway, those are the story. Those are the ones that sort of, um, just sort of looking back on my uh, on my childhood. Those are the ones that uh, that uh, just sort of stood out for me.
0: Awesome. I guess does that wrap up our trick or treat tales for this uh, Halloween episode?
1: Yeah, And we just want to thank everyone for joining us for the month of October, and we'll kind of be going back to. Somewhat similar to what the regular show is, although we have come up with some
2: fun new ways to approach the show. It's It's going to be a little different, but it's still going to be pretty awesome.
1: A little
0: different, but still the same.
1: (laughs) Or that like an ad campaign from the eighties, like (laughs) everything you loved about original Coke. Yes
0: yes i don't know if we Ooh. want to consider we don't want to call the way we're re, quote unquote refurbishing hmp and compare that to new coke i don't think that no, ended well
2: no <laughs> the one thing i remember out of new coke is how everybody <laughs> hated new coke Sorry, just like crystal pepsi
0: yeah just like yes it'll be just like <laughs>
2: crystal absolutely. Pepsi. absolutely <laughs> absolutely we are we are entering the crystal pepsi phase of hmp yeah
0: Hey there, horror fans. It's time to thank our spooky sponsor, Shudder.com, and invite you to take part in an otherworldly
1: offer. It is Halloween, but of course, at Shudder, things are spooky 24-7, 365. Shudder is a premium video service brought to you by AMC Networks offering an unbeatable selection of expertly curated horror, supernatural thrillers, uncut and commercial-free, with exclusive original titles you won't find anywhere else. At Shudder, you can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for $5.99 per month or $56.99 per year. Shutter has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment on the internet. That's why they call it the Netflix for Horror. That's why I call it the best thing that's going to happen to you in 2020. You'll have unlimited commercial-free access to stream on your Apple devices, Android devices, Xbox, Amazon Fire, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. There are a few special titles I want to tell you about for the Halloween season. May the Devil Take You 2 just came out on October 29th. The Cleansing Hour came out this October, as well as Scare Me. Both of those we're going to be talking about on our next episode of Horror Movie Podcast. Scare Me is not going to be for everybody, but I will tell you it's a very unique experience, uh, kind of a postmodern take on a horror anthology. And I know a lot of people didn't love it. I really, really enjoyed it. It does peter out a bit toward the end, but man, it's it's something different. Another thing that's pretty different is the WNUF Halloween Special that's currently streaming on Shudder. That is worth checking out. It is a found footage film by way of what appears to be a VHS recording of a special television presentation of a local news station during the Halloween season. Again, the ending doesn't totally work. This is not going to be for everybody, but it is an interesting, unique film. So if you want to try something totally different, I would recommend Scare Me and WNUF Halloween Special, both streaming on Shudder. Or you could go with the old Reliables. Halloween 1978 as well as Halloween 4 and 5 they're all streaming currently on Shudder and of course if you missed it there's probably not a better way to spend tonight than watching Joe Bob Briggs in the last drive-in doing the Halloween hideaway there's also something special happening tonight that I want to let everyone know about if you're hearing this on Halloween Uh, this is from Sam Zimmerman who's the director of programming on Shudder Sam says, Happy Halloween tonight, something I've been excited to do at about 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Turn on Shutter TV for a secret screening, one time only, and not coming to the service for a bit. So that's pretty cool. He says, If you like this idea, let's do more and make being a Shutter member a bit more special. To try Shutter free for 30 days, go to shutter.com and use the promo code HMP. That's S H U dot and the promo code H M P for horror movie podcast. Let them know we sent you before we go. I have a giveaway I'd like to conduct. I want to thank those who participated in HMP's 31 days of Halloween bingo this year. It was a lot of fun. We had a bingo card, uh, different types of films. You could watch black and white survival horror, HP Lovecraft, Alfred Hitchcock, zombies sci-fi horror a whole range of things and i thought it was a lot of fun and it's a good way to push people to watch things maybe they normally wouldn't watch um and i found that to be the case i felt like we had a lot of listeners who participated well, we didn't actually we didn't have, we had very few listeners who participated but those who did were amazing and so rather than doing a drawing for a prize we're going to send a prize to each of these people who got a bingo or more on their cart and a lot of people got more Sal roma got bingo. David Fear got bingo three times. Tammy Joe got bingo five times. Bev got bingo seven times, as well as Brandon S. Schaefer got bingo seven times. Saw a blackout card from our friend Raul, and I'm assuming from slasher fan Dan. Now, Dan, normally, you know, he just said, uh, I don't know how many bingos I got. I'll leave it to the guys to figure that out. I may have done that in another year. And uh, Or I may have been more of a stickler and said, you didn't follow the directions, so we're not going to add you to the to the drawing, but um, you watch so many movies and in all the categories, it looks like you have a blackout to me. I just don't physically have the energy to check, but it's an incredible amount here, and the, the best thing about all these is they all left reviews for the films, so I really appreciate those who gave us the links to their letterbox reviews or like Sal wrote out some nice long reviews I really appreciated that Tammy did as well I think that's everyone that got the HMP horror bingo Ooh, that's a bingo you know what Dark Mark did not post his reviews so again on a normal year I might have been a stickler but he said he had a blackout. other than he had not yet seen a true crime film which I hope he did do, see that, because he posted that on October 15th. Mark, I don't know if he did. We'll make this available for Mark as well. To all of those people, everyone who got a bingo, you are going to get a Blu-ray from Horror Movie Podcast. I need you to email me as soon as possible at horrormoviecast@gmail.com, at and so I can ship these to you directly from Amazon. So it is a limited-time thing. If I don't hear from you by, let's say, the 5th of November... You're going to miss out on your prize this year, and I apologize for that, but just due to COVID, I can't make it to the post office, and those of you who are contest winners in the past already know that's a problem for me, so we're going to get these shipped out directly to you from Amazon. There's a there's a dog coughing now in the background. I don't know if you can hear that. These are your options, so email me at horrormoviecast, not podcast, horrormoviecast at gmail.com, Tell me which of these Blu-rays you would like, and I will ship it directly to you. You need to give me your name and shipping address as well. The options are Halloween 1978, The Shining, Pet Cemetery, the 80s classic, The Witch, more recent film, The Conjuring 2, Hellfest, Sweeney Todd, World War Z, Get Out, 30 Days of Night, or Zombieland. Now, additionally, I wanted to offer a drawing for everyone who got Blackout. Well, a lot of these people who got five bingos or more, you know, they would have been eligible for this drawing. So we will pick one additional person from that group. I think that's basically everyone but Sal and David did not qualify for that. And we will pick a winner. And this person will receive as well a Blu-ray copy of Cursed Films from Shudder directed by my friend Jay Chill. And this one is going to go to Brandon S. Schaefer. So congratulations, Brandon. I will ship that to you. If any of you are in Canada and the shipping is going to be a little bit different, you may have to do a digital copy. We'll talk about that if that problem arises. But otherwise, um, Blu-rays will be shipped out to you as soon as you let us know at HorrorMovieCast at gmail.com. Thanks to those of you who participated it wasn't a lot of you but it was awesome you were all did such a great job i loved reading your reviews and seeing the films you chose if i wasn't so exhausted this year i would have gone through and we would have talked about all of your awesome bingo runs that you made there were some really awesome movies that you guys covered and i really appreciate your participation that's it and i hope to revisit hmp bingo next year
0: Happy Halloween to one and all. Uh, we hope you all have a, at least uh, as fun and eventful Halloween as you can have uh, under the current circumstances. But uh, that's it for this episode. We'd like to invite you to get involved in the Horror Movie Podcast community. You can leave a comment in the show notes for this episode at HorrorMoviePodcast.com, where you can also find this and all of our past episodes. You can also connect with us on Twitter at Horror Movie Cast. And please subscribe and leave a review for Horror Movie Podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to us on Stitcher and Spotify. And don't forget to get your listener-designed HMP t-shirts at HorrorMoviepodcast.com slash store. We'd like to thank composer Kagan Breitenbach for creating our Horror Movie Podcast theme song. You can find more of Kagan's work at KaganBreitenbach.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We hope you'll be back for our next episode of Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies.
3: The creature from the black will do We need silver bullets We need wooden sticks Normal stuff won't stop Because they live on hate we'll Speak some magic words, from a virgin mm-hmm. Sets Maybe that'll shake it make slip and trip There's no turning back Gotta fight to
0: fight Yeah, the monster squad Don't again tonight Monsters squad We're the monster squad
3: first 10 years of my life, I think the only clear thought I had was get candy. That was it. Family, friends, school, they're just obstacles in the way of the candy. I'm out for the candy here. I'm just thinking, get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy. So the first time you hear the, the concept of Halloween, when you're a kid, your brain can't even process the information, you can, you're like, what, what is this, what did you say? So what did you say about giving out candy? Who was giving out candy? Everyone that we know is just giving out candy? Are you kidding me? When is this happening? Where? Why? Take me with you. I-, I gotta be a part of this. I'll do anything that they want. I can wear that. I'll wear anything I have to wear. I'll do anything I have to do to get the candy from those fools that are so stupidly giving it away. But my hopes were up. I was thinking that this is probably the same exact costume that Superman wears himself. you put these things on, it's not exactly the super fit that you are hoping for. It looks more like Superman's pajamas is what it looks like. It's all kind of loose and flowing and the neckline kind of comes down about there. Flimsy little ribbon string in the back. Plus, my mother makes me wear my winter coat over the costume anyway. I don't recall Superman wearing a jacket. Not like I had cheap corduroy, phony fur. Boy, I'm Superman, but it's a little chilly out, and I'm glad I've got this cheap little 10 year old kid's jacket. So I'm going out, I'm trick or treating, but the mask, the rubber band keeps breaking, it keeps getting shorter. I'm fixing it, it's getting tighter and tighter on my face. You know when it starts slicing into your eyeballs there and you're you're trying to breathe through that little hole. getting all sweaty. I can't see, I can't breathe, we gotta keep going. We gotta get the candy. And a half hour into it, you just take that mask. Oh, the hell with it. Bing bong, yeah, it's me, give me the candy. Yeah, I'm Superman. Look at the pant legs. What
2: do you care? What was the name of the prison they escaped from? I don't know. It was either Greaterford. Greaterford is a prison near where I lived, or there was one in Eagleville. Uh, which, by the way, the the prison in Eagleville is where Mr. Bill Cosby currently resides. Wow, um, ah. which is uh, very right down the road. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>